Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. We're new, we're trying to make our way on the block, so we got us one of the best guests that we could ever think of with some of the best stories in the world to start this podcast off with a bang. Myself, Tanner Byrne, here with Jason Davidson, uh, our guest in studio today, live in less than five. The one and only, the bullfighting legend, the Canadian champion, the man of the hour, the TSN broadcaster, Scotty Bird. Well, if that isn't an intro, I don't know what is, man. Uh, Did you like that? Yeah, that was good. Oh, fucking that was felt really good. good. I, I, felt I good. like the lead up song. Yep. Um, I've never heard that before, but <laughs> I'll, I'll probably, d- I'll get Dylan to download it for me. How's that sound? Right. You think I Yeah, no, that's go. good. Super glad to have you here. Uh, we good are here. we are live at the PBR Canada Finals uh, in uh, Grand Prairie, Alberta, where the snow is falling outside of our beautiful scenery of a hotel room. I know this will be later on but but i think we do have to talk about how nice of a well, place we're <laughs> it's just like living back home in pa you look out your back door and there's bush <laughs> black pop i'm thinking that if i go to the west side of this bush you stay here in the hotel i'll push some deer into you and we can just hunt and talk talk blast one down yeah there you go damn right season's got to be open up here it's got to be got to be okay so you are one of the most accomplished bullfighters of all time that's great We'll talk about that, but first, I think we should get into your bull riding career. Let's. <laughs> let's. Uh, well, yeah, let's do that. Okay, well, let's <laughs> kick it off here. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, um, the short version, because it was short. First, were you better better than Ryan? Or were uh, you, you guys similar? To, similar. Similar yeah. skills. I remember watching Ryan yep. when I was like five at the Red River Riding and Roping Club. And for some reason, I can I don't remember a lot of things, but I can remember he got on a bull named Jimmy the Bull. Yep. It was a Franklin Bull. Yep. And I mean, got his ass hooked off. <laughs> and I was five looking through the two-by-six planks, like elbows over the planks at the bottom and watching this go on. This bull got him in the corner, and I mean, rooted on him. And I do remember this, and I can't remember who. The, I, I think the bullfighter and Ron, was that a guy that jumped over the fence or something? Yeah. Or so? Well, it, I think it was Woody Purcell was oh, his name. Okay. And he was nowhere to be found. <laughs> and I I remember that to this day. Um, thinking it wasn't Bruce Nelson. Remember? No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't Brewster. No, I, I, and Ryan would he'd have to help me out on that one. But it, like I said, I was five years old. Yeah. But I remember that going down. And and Graham, how old would he have been? Wow. Well, he's nine years difference, older oh, than me. Fuck. Yeah, so not that old. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. The the crazy part of this story is is, is my grandma, our grandma, yep. his mom, Mary, yep. she never went to anything. She didn't like the fact that he was in this sport. He, you know, she just didn't want to see anybody. That was grandma's nature. She was a healer. She didn't want to see anybody get hurt. Yep. And that was the one time she went to that rodeo no and that shit. happened. And I honestly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think she's ever been watched any of us live. Yep. Or even. No, no. But, um, yeah, he was terrible. She'd watch it on TV. Um, but she could look away if she afterward, wanted. Yeah, she knew what was going <laughs> to come. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when we were all home and safe, she might watch it yeah. on TV, right? Yeah. But, um, he was terrible, though. 
He was terrible. Yeah. And he, if he was sitting here, I would say that. And yeah. I think well, he, 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 he would he, admit that, oh, right? 100%. Yeah. But, I mean, I followed, you know, you talk about following in the, the, I mean, he, in our family, he is who started where we all are. Yeah. Right. Bull riding, r- rodeo-wise, right? Period. Yeah. Period. I mean, no one in our family up to him did yep. that. Yep. Um, but as a young kid, you know, um, I'd hear uh, he'd leave all the time and come back <laughs> with these stories. And, like he left a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say Ryan was not a worker. Yeah. Right. Well, there's a story where he was supposed to be out uh, bailing or something. And they, they came out in the, the field and the, the tractor was pulled over and there was a fucking letter on the yep. steering wheel. Sorry, I had to go to a rodeo. Yep. That's how they knew he was yep. gone. Like, like we'd be in the middle of combining. And I mean, <laughs> I was 14, 15, 16, whatever. And, you know, I, I worked hard. I, I liked being on the farm. And yep. It was funny. Like, Ryan was the first to make sure. Why aren't you doing that? Come on, Jesus, get your shit together. What's It's 730. Why aren't you here, you know? And, and then there'd be a letter every yeah. other weekend. <laughs> yeah, had to go fix a tire, broken down trailer. The worst excuses ever. And I don't know how he got away with it, but he did. And it'd just be like, hmm, he's just like magic show. He's gone again, you know, but youngest child. Young, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The Get youngest child syndrome. But, um, yeah, he was a terrible bull rider, but I just wanted to do something in the sport. Right. Okay. I, wa- I watched him and I liked it. I liked the stories around. It. I liked the travel, whatever. Yep. And finally I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to be a bull rider. Cause yep. I mean, we never really had the opportunity to be timed event guys around our place, right? Yeah. We would just, just never you did some bulldogging and stuff, though, too, did you know? Well, that comes later. Oh, okay. That comes later. <laughs> That's a whole story in itself. But anyways, um, so I just went to a bull riding school in 1992 or 1. Who's, uh, whose school? Kevin West. No shit. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I Kevin West was the $50,000 winner at Calgary. I'd known him. Fuck yeah. I, I, Kevin helped me like right from right. day one my dad sent me to kevin when i was like 12 years old i went from i rode two hands for a little while and was terrible at it and sucked at riding anything and uh sent me out to uh, darcy lays yep. Ogan, and yep. darcy took me and clint to kevin west's and mm-hmm. he'd fucking run beside me and i'm getting on roping cattle and i'd have my arm down and he'd be yelling arm up arm up yep. arm up and you see lonnie ride now too with that elbow and he's always pushing that elbow up and kevin taught that from day one that elbow push forward it's one of the best te- i promise you i wish he would still do schools and yep. and teach he, he was he very instrumental in my whole bull riding career. One of the guys that I give 100% credit to for my bull riding career, Kevin West. So it, it didn't work for you, obviously. Well, no, it didn't. But, but, <laughs> but, you know, you watch Lonnie ride now, and you almost have to double take to make sure that's not Kevin out that's there. That's straight you, you back. That's straight yeah. up and down, that elbow forward. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. But, I mean, I went to that school just because I wanted to do something in rodeo. I didn't really care what, but that seemed to be. Um, and I, and got to wear Kevin's shops at, at uh, the school. And that's I mean, unreal. If no one's ever experienced that, like your hero or someone you've yep. seen and hung out with that was a champion, it was a pretty cool deal. I got yeah, to wear shaps. I mean, those shaps did not help my riding ability <laughs> any. I mean, Son of a bitch. Yeah, I got to hang out behind the shoes and be like, that's right, check this out, bull rider. <laughs> but once I, you know, pulled the rope tight and out of my head, it was just, it was. I won the school that year. But there was just zero competition. <laughs> and I believe the guy, and I won't bring his name into it, but I believe the guy that w- like was going to beat me in the jackpot, they actually rigged the draw 
so I would win, so that <laughs> other guy wouldn't. But anyway, so we didn't have confidence that to was keep my, going down the road. Yeah, yeah, that was my first buckle. Yep, still got it to this day. Hell yeah, you know, and and you look. Where back, was that at? Wainwright. Okay. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was a great experience, and I remember um, my wrist would get really sore when I rode, like really sore, painful. And, and Kevin was, he'd walk up, and he wouldn't call you a pussy or nothing. He'd just say, "You got to ride through it. Yep. You got to ride through it." And uh, it was a great experience, but that's where it all kind of started. And and uh, I guess you know a good story is is that the first rodeo I ever entered and went to was a high school rodeo in Milestone, Saskatchewan. Uncle Ryan loaded me up at seven in the morning, and uh, we drove down there. I mean, what a great experience to you know jump in with your the hero, living legend, the living legend himself, and him you know and actually put you kind of like. Yeah, under your wing. Under your wing. Yep. And, you Come know, on, son. Just driving down the road. This is so cool. <laughs> High school rodeo. It's unreal. Well, I get down there, and I I, I, I I, draw a bull by the name of Bam Bam of, um, oh, no, it was, uh, no, Barry Quam. Oh, okay. So, right away. So, Barry didn't have very good bulls at that time, obviously. Right. <laughs> the best in the fucking right? game. Yeah. Like, in way over my head. Yeah. High but I'm like, I'm a bull rider. Like, I'm going to dominate this. Yeah. <laughs> I am here to win. Yes. <laughs> but as my bull riding career went, I did not dominate. Yep. It was a great experience. But, yep. uh, you know, but it was cool. That's how what it What happened with Bam Bam? Bam Bam absolutely fucking whipped me <laughs> down and that was my first shaving scar, I think, oh, really? right there. But one of many. But, um, yeah, I bucked off. But, I mean, it was my first experience with a rodeo and all that kind of stuff. So it was After great. the Kevin West school. After the Kevin yeah. West school, yeah. Just fucking beaming with confidence. Well, I just right. took the school. I'm like, check out my buckle here. I'll just, <laughs> here, I won that. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. But, uh, so that went on for like four years. Really? I, I tried. To, and you know what? I had all the try in the world. I just yep. had zero tools. That's what pisses me off about some of these bull riders that got all the talent in the world. Yeah. Through my 25 or 24 years of fighting bulls, I've watched, you know, a lot of guys um, with all the talent in the world wasted on outside stuff. Yeah, shit. Yep. Shit. And, no, and then you see the guy that's there that's got all the try in the world but just doesn't have the right tools yep. and donates every weekend, but he keeps going, clicks on the odd one, you know, which which in, in this sport, when you click on the one, that just feeds the... Yeah, it keeps you addicted. It, you is, it's, 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 it is similar to an addiction. And that, like you were saying, so many guys that have so much talent, all the talent in the world, um, could take their games to whatever level they want, uh, get beat by outside influences. Right. And it's it's uh, like it's I've seen some of the best guys um, that I grew up with rolling too. Just you know now or who knows where they're at. Right, and had all the talent right. in the world could have could have went with it. And then you, like you talk, you see guys like yourself that had so much heart. So just all you wanted to do was be a bull rider. And I see that too. Young kids um, in the junior bull riding and stuff just have the biggest hearts. They're there with their dad yeah. and they just love it so much. And they're just fucking not good at it. Right, you know and. I guess that's with any sport. And that happens in any event, yep. even bullf- whatever It yep. happens in any sport, really. Yep. But it is sad to see. And you know, I want to, I want to kind of, well, I want to touch on that again here later on. But um, so my bull riding career just was jerk down after jerk down after jerk. It was. Yep. And what well, do you think? Short arms? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, 
I could click your heels oh, all the time. Like I have more pictures doing the fucking Superman on the back of a bull. <laughs> like my shiny spurs just click. But what was it? There was a kid. There was a uh, uh, Logan Cadillac. Uh, I can't remember what his name was, but there was a young kid, and one of the dads uh, nicknamed him Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah, and I was like, what the, what the fuck's his name? Why did he call him Dorothy? Because he clicked his heel all the yeah. time. Yeah, clicking his <laughs> heel. You know, and that's the thing. Like, that went on for a while. But then I'd jump out, like I said. I'd, I was 83 points, Spiritwood Silver, silver, the sir, silver Buckle Rodeo. Yeah. I mean, that just fed it for another two years. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. You know, part of my problem was is all a try in the world. Like I said, no talent. Um, but it was... I was getting concussions a lot. Yeah. Um, I probably suffered over that four years at least five, six really good concussions, like to the point where whatever. Snoozing. The yep. last one, ironically, was two years later, Spiritwood, Saskatchewan, a uh, bull by the name of Mid- Major Syndicate of Skip Kelleher's whips me down. Your dad was steer wrestling at the time. Yep. He had kind of semi-retired or oh really yeah yep. and he was hitting the trail with you kids and stuff right yep, yep. and uh this bull whipped me down and i'm laying in front of the chutes and i'm knocked out like don't have a clue yep the sun was shining like down on me and i had my eyes closed <laughs> and i couldn't feel my legs i remember that but anyways I it's broke like my back yeah i was scared yeah the shadow comes over, like the the glow of the sun in my closed eyes, and then all of a sudden it was dark, so I opened my eyes, and Ryan's standing at the end of me, and he says, what are you doing? Oh, fuck. And I'm like, who are you? I don't, yeah. I mean, what do you mean, what am I doing? He goes, get up. I'm like, you talking to me? <laughs> Shit, I can't even feel my legs. How am I supposed <laughs> to get up? Ryan's biggest thing was don't ever get in an ambulance unless you have to, right? So I'm like, I'm like, you talking to me? <laughs> Jason was fighting bulls. Oh, really? And Jason and TJ, I, I rode while they were fighting a lot at all these amateur rodeos. Yeah. And them guys would go through the list um, the day of, and they'd yeah. see Scott Byrne. And I'd always draw deep, like way yeah. over my head, sure, of course, yeah. right? Yeah. Usually the meanest one. And they'd be like, maybe you won't show up. And there I was. I'd come deep <laughs> up in there with my mullet fucking yeah, rolling. Game down, My baby. mullet, which I'd blow dry every morning, so it really <laughs> whipped as I walked. Yeah. Um, and they'd be like, oh, God damn. I mean, they were my good friends at that yeah. time, but they were still like, come on, man. Anyway, uh, that day, after that knockout in Spiritwood, um, when I come to and, and, and got my bearings, which yep. I didn't, yeah. I thought I had gone. Still fucking happened, right? probably, right? Yeah. Dean Claypool. I don't know if anybody knows Dean Claypool, but he's a funny guy. But yep. he was behind the chutes, and I, I kind of saddled up beside him behind the chutes. There were still five or six bull riders to go. And I looked at him, and I said, did, did we go fishing today? Oh, fuck. And he looks over at me and goes, Scott, <laughs> Scott, are you all right? <laughs> Scott. And I'm like, I, apparently not if we didn't go fishing. But I couldn't find my vehicle or nothing. But yeah. So... The the middle of the next week, I was fencing with your dad yep. at home, and uh, it was kind of one of those aha moments. We were uh, stretching wire, or pounding a staple or whatever, and he just stopped, and he just said to me, you know, y- you can't do this anymore. Like, you're going to get killed. And, yep. and, you know, that was devastating. Yeah. But I always wanted to fight bulls. Yep. And uh, that was always what I kind of wanted to do, but didn't have the balls to, at that time in my life, to say to Ryan, I want to go to your school, right? Well, it's the same as... Uh, myself even like switching over like the the footsteps that you have to fill are right um 
overbearing a yep. lot of the times, right? For so sure. If you ain't the fucking best at it, you're not gonna even try it, right? right. So, yeah, as a, I'd be like, um, uh, I have a younger cousin Andrew. Obviously, same thing. Like, what if you're not gonna go and and be the best at it? Why the hell would you even do it, right? right. So, it'd probably be like you and him, mm-hmm. similar in age, and sure. And, and then you riding bulls and trying to give her, and then yeah, like everybody, you know, I was riding bulls or getting on bulls, we'll say, and and uh, yeah, he just stopped and said like, y- y- this is not good, yep, you know, which was devastating at the time because I, like I said, I had all the try in the world, and I, I, in my mind, it was gonna click at some point, but I was probably <laughs> there. I was probably not gonna live to see that day, <laughs> but um, so th- at that point, I asked him, I'd really like to go to your school, so yep. that was um. That would have been the fall of o of uh, ninety four. So the spring of ninety five, I went to uh, uh, his school in Balzac. Yep. And uh, you know, I I knew um, the first bull that I stood because I had never done it. Yep. It wasn't like you I, never did. It was like you got no. Well, yeah. There was no like, like practice pens and shit. Like right. you guys didn't have. It's yeah. not like you now. know around there nowadays yep. with you guys and stuff there you could always step around a couple just to get the feel for them yeah it was like basically borrowed a pair of baggies and some cleats and yeah you know um but i knew the first bullet came out i remember ryan telling me if you don't fucking slow down i'm gonna tie a chain to your neck because i just run right want to go yep yeah but i knew right away that this was what i wanted to do and and i knew in the back of my mind i could i really felt comfortable and could do it don't ask me why but that's how life works. It's a good thing that uh, someone told me that what I was riding bulls was not going to work. Because, I mean, if I'd have just kept trying, I just would have segued out of rodeo period and uh, yeah, I've been done with it. Been done with it, right? Yeah. So everything happens for a reason, I guess. But I ended up winning that school, and and just for the record, it wasn't so him. That's fucking two schools now that you've taken. Two, two, two schools now, two baby. Buckles. Two schools. But it was. Uh, <laughs> I remember it wasn't Ryan that picked the champion yeah. just for that reason because, you know, yeah, it could have been so easy, right? Yeah, so he wouldn't have fucking picked I legitimately anyway. <laughs> won. Yeah, I legitimately won that school, and it just took off from there. So the spring of '95, I I started fighting bulls with uh, Jason just as a shadow for free. Yeah, and man, everything just clicked, and and away we went. So it was it was um. Really fun time in my life as far as the bullfighting part of it. How so. uh, how old would you have been? I was 23. 23? When I started, yeah. So just out of high school for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just completed the grade 10 science for the fifth time, for fuck's <laughs> sakes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Did you, did you, rode, did you high school rodeo ride bulls in, in high school rodeo too? That's where the the story in Milestone, that was the high that school That was high school, rodeo. yeah, yeah. I think that was the initial season of high school rodeo in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so... Yeah, it's uh, if you do the math, I had to go back um, because sometimes I didn't like going to school. No way. So, so, not shitting you. You and Cyril were smoking darts. <laughs> That's right, in the compound behind Carlton. <laughs> uh, I had to go back and get extra credit, so it qualified me to still high school rodeo when I was <laughs> Shut up. old enough to fucking pull beer. <laughs> I was the tits, man. I had so many friends. Ladies, ladies, yeah, just need wait. some coolers. Yeah. I can get them. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah. So I, I was mean, the tits. Yeah. Oh God, man! I had so many friends. I had friends I didn't even know. <laughs> but of course, high school rodeo, you're not supposed to do that. So yeah. I got to be careful because I got two kids in high school rodeo now, and like yeah. it's like no drinking, the three strike rule. Oh yeah, I'm in there. But, Oof. but, you know, how do you as a, <laughs> as a dad, don't. 
get any beer. Especially don't pull it like I did. <laughs> you know, yeah. life kind of just full circle me all the time, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Anyway. I um, think that's, yeah, that's part of the, the game, the full circle of going back. Do as I say, not as I as I do. Right. Which I got a lot from my father as well, as you right? could have had. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, as the career went on, um, you know, you start with your amateur rodeo. So yep. this is kind of, I, I wish, uh, you know, so here's how it works. Spring yep. of 95. Yep. I uh, hit the road with Jason. I'm shadowing under him for free, going to all these rodeos. Was Jason established at this time? Yeah. Like, like Jason hadn't made the full jump to uh, pro rodeos yet, so at the latter end of his amateur rodeo c- career. Yep. So we're at, um, so vote time comes, CCA finals. And I mean, anybody that's been around that association, that was, if if you could get those, fi- like that was the, the, the golden Goose's egg. Yeah, CCA finals. Yeah, Canadian Cowboys sure. Association. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, 95 spring or fall comes. Oh, I will cut you off, but it, that the the CCA and like the amateur associations and the professional associations, um, I remember talking to my dad about this too, is all the same bulls, all the same guys were going to all the, the same rodeos kind of thing, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't like now like when you're, when you're a CPRA cowboy or a PBR cowboy, that's all you go to. In those days, same as you guys as bullfighters, Everybody was going to everything. You'd, 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 get, the, you'd get the CCA finals, you'd get the CFR, you'd get the NFR. Yep. You know, like it wasn't like uh, you don't go here because you're here type right. of thing, right? Right. So you guys were rolling. So at that time. Well, at that time, we are talking with Jason. Yeah. Yeah. CCA so, finals. What? CCA finals. CCA finals. Yeah. yeah. So vote time comes. And I, I had done most of my, I think I got paid once that whole year. <laughs> vote time comes and... Uh, the votes are in. I get the CCA finals. <laughs> Jason doesn't. You and who? Shane Earhart. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Jason doesn't. So <laughs> he can try and argue this point, but he is mad. <laughs> I mean, taking the CCA to court, and it was <laughs> it was bad. And I'm just trying to. I'm just so fucking happy I got the finals. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to do, but. But the vote count is in. Vote, vote count, count is in. Vote count is in. Jason, you're out. Scott and Shane Earhart, you're in. And and I sh- and and the best part was is that I didn't get paid all year. Okay, for just guys, I just walked in the room for all our listeners. So I haven't. Uh, have you been? Well, I'm just. Mou- te- have you been bad mouthing me? No, for I'm the just last telling the stories how they are. Okay. On the bright side of that, and the guy sitting over here to my left. Uh, he's not sitting. He's stretched out on the on the cot here. He's like, "Don't worry about it. We're gonna go to Calgary and do the what was it? Was that a BRO? Remember we loaded up and yeah, yeah. So I guess there was a silver lining. It was I think that was my first event. I got to work for Cody and Rhonda, and uh, it was good for you. Obviously, I was happy for you. No, you weren't. <laughs> why? Today, well, how I can am. you sit today, here and today, lie? Today, I'm very oh, happy. For oh yeah, well, yeah, it was I, a little fucking was, tense at the time. No, I, I had. Remember them old Cooper aluminum bats you had at school? Yeah, I had one. I was thinking about using it, but no, I, I would never do that to you, Scott. Like it made it cross my mind. Yeah, I know but, it did. I but, know it uh, did. You know, and uh, that's, so what's that's, your? But that's when I decided I had to. Ryan and I got to travel to Calgary and back, and at that time I was still. 
looking up to Ryan quite a bit at that time right in my career you know he was the guy he was my mentor and teacher and so to be able to sit and and visit and talk about business there and back and that's when I decided I wasn't going to do any more amateur rodeos after mm. that I thought you know what piss on it I'm done um thankfully we had the Wrangler bullfights which Ryan and Brett Rains and and Brett Dick supplied all the fighting bulls for so it was a it was an easy transition because that opened the door for a lot of pro rodeos that I wouldn't have got to to fight bulls. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And it was good that way. And, you know, Ryan was still doing a lot of rodeos. Tufton was uh, probably the number two guy at the time, and TJ had a lot of rodeos. So it was... Uh, Scott, I feel like he's just cheering it up because you fucking stole his thunder. <laughs> huh? Am I right? You, you took it from him. Now he had to find something else to do. Well, he did it twice, really. Not just at the How CCF. Twice? You took the CFR away from me too, damn it. The best part about that is you were you were the uh I co- was happy contract for you that act time. Yeah. rep and yeah. you had to phone and tell me that I got it and you didn't. And I did do that and I was happy for you. Yeah. I really that time I was happy because I knew at that point it was probably time I was I'll never forget it. You phoned, I said, Hello, you got, you said, Pack your bags, you're going to the CFR. I was like I remember pulling the car over just like to get that call and then to beat you out was even better. <laughs> <laughs> who did you uh, who did you go there with that year? Uh, my first CFR. Well, TJ. Did, yep, TJ. Would have been TJ. Are you guys gonna ask me who I beat out for my first CFR? Yeah, who'd you beat out for your first CFR? Who do you think? I don't know. I'm thinking the guy to your left, but <laughs> I, you just don't want to <laughs> say it, you <laughs> pussy. <laughs> and, and he was mad. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, another. That's a whole <laughs> other pod. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> but I mean that—that's you know. I guess that's how it how it went. And I mean, I was happy. And obviously, at that time, you were not. Uh, let's be honest. And well, we like hate y- losing. There's you sure. Know, I was sure. never that. I've never been for participation medals and ribbons. So, you know, you're if you're not pissed, you know, you you're don't not want a competitor. Bad you're not yeah. a you know, what professional in any sport likes losing. Right. Right. I have to admit when I got the call that I was going to the CCA finals and you weren't, I was like, ooh, this is going to be a little tense in the <laughs> dressing room the next time we meet up. But, you know, going to the CCA finals, of course, I was, I'd only been on the scene like eight months. So I get in the dressing room, Shane Earhart and uh, Lee Bellows are sitting in there. So I come bebopping in once again with my mullet blow dried, just, ooh, yeah, here it is. I'm the shit. I remember I got smoking sh- a cigar. No, no, I wasn't. Well, probably out back, but <laughs> not in the dressing room. Come on. Well, back uh, then, we probably could have. Yeah, probably. But I come in there and sat down, and I'd gotten new cartoon frilly shirts made up. Like, yeah, that uh, was the fad. Right, for sure. And Kelly Lacoste's wife was building those at the time, right? Re- well, I don't think, I don't know. She didn't yeah, build Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah, she didn't build those. Cool. Oh, okay, okay. Another I know story. where I got my shirts made. Um <laughs> uh anyway um did you have to make two at a time so you, uncle ryan could have one like i used to well actually i had a couple of his with me did so you yeah. yeah i still got the old polka dotted one the original one that's about this thick it's so thin it's what they're 40 or 35 years old still hanging in my closet every once in a while i go through it, i'm like oh <laughs> that's cute there's old polka dot that's cute right but i got in that dressing room and you know you're the rookie and you talk about cutting your teeth in in a in whatever you cho- choose to do it was quiet in the room and i knew lee from going to rodeos with your dad and uh but it was quiet and shane Earhart, i didn't know shane uh, that good at all and 
he kind of had that little bit of a drawl, eh? And he's just like, you come sit down here with me. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. He goes, I want you to know it's a team out there. It's not just oh, about... Oh, you are getting schooled, were you? I was. It's not just about you. And I'm like, do you know who taught me how to fight bulls? Like, you're preaching to the choir here. Once we're out there, it's a team. And that's kind of two-man system, a lot different from the one-man system, which a guy... That's fought a lot of rodeos by yourself right, back then. So Pro rodeos even back in the day. I remember working by myself. Right. I don't, you don't even, that's unheard of now, obviously. But but it was... Uh, yeah, you was, know, uh, I remember when I went to Vegas um, as an alternate and we were in the dressing room and I got to work with Rudy Burns and Liesel um, all one fall with uh, Harper and Morgan, which was a lot of fun. God, a lot of fun. But uh, Mr. Rudy was the... Uh, alternate barrel man uh flint was um flint was the selected guy uh, and joe baumgartner and daryl diefenbach and uh that brings up some when you're talking about teamwork and whatever and it didn't go so well the first perf at the nfr that night there's some crossing tracks and and whatever and i remember i think about by perf two or perf three there was a sit down in the in the clown room at the thomas and mac and uh, Mr. Rudy said, you know what that NFR stands for on that buckle? Do you know the answer to this one, Ryan? No f- no fucking rookies. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just sat there and listened, you know, and I felt, you know, a little bit for Daryl there because he was, it was, he was taking it on the chin. Um, but the rest of the week went a lot better. Right. Um, and you're, yeah, it's just a, an education. And, and being around those those old guys like Liesel and Rudy, you just sit there, listen, and pick up on things. Like yeah. some of my best memories of, of this business are, you know, sitting in that room, that For dressing sure. room. Love it. Love it's it. always, it's, it's, a, it's an education every day. And, um, you know, hearing the old boys talk and tell stories. And it, it's kind of funny um, how it all pans out in the end, you know, after 25 years. you, I, I don't know about you, but my bullfighting career, I changed my style, not changed my style, but the steps you had to take to do the same job right up until the third last year I was going. I, what I took me five steps five years ago took me two steps to do. It's just, you, you almost wish you could have the mindset at the end of your career at the start, you know, everything would go so much easier. Like, oh, a guy made things hard all the time for the first five, six years. Yeah, he's overdoing it. Oh, yeah, just overdoing it. And just, you know, the thing, yeah, the thing is, is that, as a bullfighter, let's be honest, you're always trying to impress. You're always trying to impress, you know, contractors, bull riders, um, anybody that's watching. And if, if you can segue that segue that into just doing your job and doing it good and smooth, yep. that was one of the biggest things your dad always said is just be smooth, right? Um, the guy that's not seen is probably the best guy. Yep. You know, the guy that's going out there getting his ass hooked off every bull is not doing his job. Probably won't last too long. Right? <laughs> right? So... Yep. Yeah, you know, you tell. I'm gonna. Is it okay if I skip ahead here a little bit? You darn too. So do we what you we kind of we kind of get into you know four or five years of amateur rodeos uh, or semi professional rodeos as the CCA likes to be called. Um, and then we get in, start getting a couple pro rodeos. And one of my first that I worked with with Ryan was Agribition. Yep, loved that rodeo. It was such a cool rodeo. And John Donison, uh, the guy that used to run that, took such good care of us and. This is the first time I ever got to meet a man by the name of Liesel Harris. And yep. wonderful, 
just to listen to him talk and he was so tall and his long arms and he boxed and he did everything and so i he asked me to help him with an act it was <laughs> it was the golf act yeah i'm like yeah man I, I was literally in the dressing room like yeah man anything you want me to do i was just like you, you, uh, do you want me to tie up your shoes i'll, I'll tie up your <laughs> shoes too you know it's just whatever he's like okay all you got all you got to do is hand me the shotgun at the queue so i'm like perfect i could do that so I had to wait at the time to vent end with this shotgun. So when it got to a certain spot, I'd hand him the gun. He starts into this act, and I know it's getting close to my cue. I go to reach for the gun. I forgot it in the damn dressing room. No, no. So I try and run back to the dressing room, which is at the far end, and I hear the segue, the end of the joke, just as I get to the door, and I'm just like, you had one chance, and you fucked it up, right? Yeah. And I, he, I, he was very forgiving, was he not? Well, yeah. <laughs> if one thing, and if Jesse was here, he'll attest to us, attest to this, is that when Liesl did an act and Ryan would, he, you would go and actually rehearse yep. before. He, he was a perfectionist. We got back in the dressing room that night after the bull riding, and I'm sitting there, and i feeling bad. And he was taking his makeup off, and he was rubbing the baby oil on his face, and it's coming off, and I could see right like into the bathroom where he's taking it off and he just stopped and he looked to his left and he looked right at me and i think i was just taking my cleats all the time and he goes boy you are the soyest motherfucker <laughs> i have met <laughs> fucking up my act like that and that is devastating oh, yeah. huh right i'm just like oh so bad so bad but it well, broke the ice yeah and, uh, you know, we were always good friends. And whenever we seen each other, we'd talk about that, how I I had one job and I messed it up. One right? job. Okay, so, so um, Lisa, also known for musically, very mm -hmm. musically talented, played with uh, Elvis Presley. Yep. Um, drummer, am I correct on yes. that? Yes. Scott Byrne, <laughs> drummer. <laughs> yeah. Let us talk about this in your younger days, probably during your bull riding career. No, no. It, before that, it, it was before that. I actually, you I toured got, though. I toured. I, I actually got to re, like record some songs. Yeah, I drummed in the studio for a guy. Actually, it yeah. was pretty cool. You know what? I started. I got my first drum set when I was eight years old. Um, started playing in a band, Country Caravan, from the Muscadet Reserve. No Charlie shit. Crane, Eric Bear, and all those guys. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like twelve years old. No shit, twelve fucking years old. I. I was just talking about this last night. There would be no way I would load my kid up. Like, what, what did that pay a gig? Hundred bucks, hundred bucks a night. Oh, good for you. Back then, nice, right? I'll maybe Sutton's twelve. I'll get him on the drums here next week. And you got to go in a bar. And I got to, well, that I got some. There's not enough time. I I was just talking about this last night. They would literally chart. So the names alone would be scary at that time. Charlie Crane, Eric Bear, Rosalie Bear. They'd pull up in a Suburban to our house. I'd load my drums. I'd be gone. That's what I did. I did from that till I was 19. And um, as I got older, we we would play in, in different places. But we'd go this one. I played in a couple bands. But the one guy, he just thought he was like the next fucking Eric Church. I'm telling you. And. He was booking us into bars, man, and I was only 16. So uh, no one knows probably of this bar, but it was called the Zoo in Larange. So anybody knows Larange, Saskatchewan, or the name of a bar called the Zoo, you put those two together, it's probably not a 
nice place. But anyway, we book into it. We get there. I set up my drums. And we were a country rock band at best. At best. Our our biggest rock song would be like, I like that old time rock and roll, that song, right? So we get in there. We start playing. And, and the gig and the deal was is that because I was underage, during the band breaks, I'd have to leave the bar, walk outside the hotel, go up to our hotel room, which was not nice at all scary place because there'd be 30 people outside and it, it was scary but anyway um we're playing the first night we're playing and during the breaks they turn on the music in there and it was like heavy metal so gut feeling we're not gonna fit in here <laughs> like this is probably not gonna work okay guys let's crack out our mullet wigs <laughs> yeah, and do next set's got to include some black sabbath and motley Crue. but it it made me grow up in a hurry that first night uh, a guy got stabbed. They just scooted him out the door. Uh, I had a guy jump up on the stage and knock my drums all over, spit on me. Like, 16 years old. So the next this morning. Pre-co- Pre-COVID, the, obviously. This is pre-COVID. No one had masks on. The next morning, I remember phoning home, and I'm like, Mom, I, I, I want to come home. And, no, you'll be okay. <laughs> you know, you're all right. I'm like, you're not here. You're not here. Well, on the intimidating uh, side of things um, and I was a little late to this party today I was sorry I was in the hallway on the phone but I don't know if you guys discussed this what would you say was one of the most intimidating moments for you as a bullfighter did you ask this yet have you intimidating you, as in bulls or just anything just tell me what yeah it could be from when you're lacing up your cleats to walking into a dressing room to walking into a venue for the first time like do you recall you know, is something stand out as a time where you're just like, you know, shit, this is real here. Um, and there's a co- like intimidating. There's a couple different things. Intimidating as bulls was we talked about earlier. Shiver and shake, heaven and earth. Those good bulls. Those are intimidating. Um, I'd have to say the the segueing from the semi professional, the amateur into the pros. Probably the most intimidating thing was Ryan. Really. Yeah, I, it would I have was to thinking be. it. And I know I he probably. I just he, wanted to see if you'd say it. Oh, yeah. You, you have to. You should have been standing story. out in the middle of the arena when you're about to nod for one of his Mexicans. Right? Oh, Christ. It was different for me, though, because I lived with it, right? It was there all the time. I, yeah, I believe that. Right. You got. I lived it. with it every week till you, the next weekend, too, though. Right, right. You know. But, yeah, you know what? It was, uh, if anything, I, I got to be honest, Um, there would be people out there that would say that, I had the career. I was fortunate to have a great career, but there'd be people out there that would say that I had that career because I was Ryan Burns' nephew. Yeah, no. And and sometimes I I would. I'm going to step in here. You had the. You definitely had. Well, Burn is the most synonymous name, um, for sure, in Canada in the bullfighting industry. But our, you know, and I'm. Geez, I don't want to even say this with him sitting here. We all owe a debt of gratitude. You know, we attended Ryan's school, both of us. Yeah, uh, we both. I uh, was dominating the bull riding at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, when I yes, you were. Yeah, yeah I remember. School, I yeah. recall that. Gosh, yeah. I'm glad you, you quit did. riding bulls. <laughs> but you know, and you you know, you get the old here you won, and he hands you your buckle. You know, if it was somebody else, there would have been the big presentation. So I think we both went through that. That yeah. he was on our side, but it was the school of hard knocks. Which, you know, looking back on it now, I wouldn't. I think we become better people out of it, um, and now we can give it back to them. That's what I like. Yeah, like where I was going with that was the the intimidation factor is there, and and uh, you know, it wasn't easier. 
like being the nephew. It wasn't. Oh, I. He I wanted you to it. be better than that guy. Sometimes I wasn't sure the way he was trying to put it across to you. Yeah. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Big R had a little bit of an issue explaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, you're right. I, I, I owe uh, uh, probably the way I fought bulls, even though we were different size and different stature. I think I tried to think the way he thought because he was smooth and he he read the play, and that was the biggest thing in fighting bulls for that I'll argue to the end, it's about reading the play, right? Oh, Being team, in the right teamwork, spot, timing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, there was times where I didn't quite understand why he was saying what he was saying, and, and uh, you know, it wasn't always fun. But, like you say, you look back now, and would a guy have 14 CFRs if, if he didn't get the the training he did or, or the way it all played out? Maybe not, right? Might have been a one-hit wonder. Well, I, I agree with you on the fact that um, – we had to get our start somewhere so we both can you know it's 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 interesting you know ryan helped me when you come on the scene you come work with me were you intimidated when i came on the scene not at all no we had fun. don't lie we had a blast yeah i know watchers rodeo I remember did. the watchers rodeo oh, we can't talk about that no but how much fun did we have we had a lot of fun a lot of fun yeah you know the and then we got the watchers in and then the, hello then, and then it come around again at the end of our uh, my career um, I'm glad I just got to keep you at bay as long as I could to extend my career. <laughs> um, but it was good. We had a lot of fun at uh, in those pro years together too. But it's come full circle. You know, Jesse come and started working some of the events. Uh, he rode bulls at him and then started fighting bulls. Um, and then, you know, Tanner and, and my daughter Jordan were, you know, they kind of grew up a little bit together. And, and to, now we got Tanner sitting across from us here. And uh, I always did what I could to, to, you know, give back to, you know, Ryan's kids for the support and help I got. So, but, but to your point, yeah, you still have 14 CFRs because in this business, you can't go in and slough anything off. You can't stub your toe. Um, How many CFRs you got? Uh, f- four. Four? Four. Yeah. How's he got 14? You got four. What the fuck happened he was, there? He was, well, do the math. He was three and a half times better than me. <laughs> That's how it works. I want to tell a quick story about you. At the end of your – no, just wait. Just wait, though. It, it, it all plays in together here. But remember Wainwright at the end of your career? Yeah, I remember it. was yeah. Brutus, yeah. right? On that white bull of Bruce Sundstrom. Snowball. Did he call him Snowball? Maybe. Something like that. White Whiteout. Whiteout? Anyway. Something white. Yeah. Something that r- went yeah. with white. Yeah. But that was, you know, you right there. I witnessed the start of your career, and I witnessed the end because that day – we're, you know, working on each side, and that bull threw uh, Brutus off, Clinton Moorhead off right in front of him. And, I mean, it was the, as a bullfighter, when you see that opening, you can make yeah, that slide. sneak through. Sneak through and pick a bull. That, that's a good feeling. Like that's a, Jason thought he was shoot boss in that day, I think. Well, but, I, t- I remember we had the talk after. I'm like, Scott, I'm, I'm standing out here, and I was like, how do this, how can we entertain this crowd better? Like, I would already transitioned yeah. into the production side of things and yeah. it was a, a long boring hot day yeah. at Wainwright I'm not gonna lie yeah and like I'm just like people are paying for this you know yeah. and it was that's kind of what I got caught up and I remember and I went and talked to Brutus after and I I just like sorry man that was my that was all on me yeah. and you and I had that talk like yeah, I remember you saying I'm this is it I'm, yeah, I'm finishing up here and I'm done yeah I knew right then and that's that's uh I think that's the thing uh too um you got to know when it's time to hang them up right especially in the bullfighting end of it well you can't like i said you can't 
going back to your 14 CFRs, you earned every one of them, no matter what your name is. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have Ryan's help, but once you get your foot in the door, you got to, you can't hold anybody's hand in the arena. That's right. You know, like we're bullfighting school. What do you learn there? Well, <laughs> you learn if you got balls or not. That's what yeah. you learn. Yeah. I always tell kids that some of the schools I do is, is, um, it's funny you'll have 10 kids. They'll start and they're all jacked to be there. Right. Just be a bullfighter and then they start loading bulls and the horns clanking off and if you can count the three or four that ain't gonna make tomorrow right same as kids that kind of go on until they get wrecked out hard they'll either crack an egg in them and they're done or it just makes them drive harder right so you know it was you know talking about being done and scott you were doing some stuff um were you ever was it really like how do i put this was it hard for you to uh don't sugarcoat it no, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I just want to make sure I uh, present it the right way here. Like, were you ever concerned, like, I can't quit this. What am I going to, like, what, do, you know, it becomes family. I, I've seen this happen in our industry lots. You're this, you're the stud, you're the guy, you retire, and no one hears from you again. I, I've been fortunate enough, I never missed a beat. I, bull riders have been my family. I've been around five generations of them almost now. Um, did you ever, did that go through your mind when you're thinking, cause you and I talked about your last years probably for three years. Yep. And I remember telling you like, why if you like, you got all the good rodeos. Like I remember having that mm -hmm. Ryan too. Like when you got all the good rodeos, like you're making good money, yep. it, you know, you're taking it to the bank. Like, no, that wasn't, I mean, I'd set up, uh, we had made the transition to Manitoba, which is a long drive to anywhere. Um, we had moved from Alberta, but I'd kind of started the the move to Manitoba was the start of looking towards retirement. Um, so I, I knew, and I had done some work um, like with TV and stuff like that. And it wasn't like if it, it wasn't, if I wanted to pursue that, if it happened, it happened. So anyway, I was set up. I didn't want to be the guy that walked out of the arena and didn't have anything. Right. So I've watched a lot of guys do that and they end up freaking living in a house trailer, you know, hauling gravel for their buddy because they got nothing left. And I did not want that. I thought, oh, I'm, you know, you got to be proud of what you've done. Bullfighting bought me all that, got me to that point, right? Um, so I was always conscious of what was going to happen. Um, and when I decided to call a ball in, in 2015, I was ready to retire. I, it's kind of funny. You're, you're ready not to retire. So that, that makes sense um, because I was ready to get out of it, but I knew I was going to miss it. Um, so at the end of 2015, that next spring, I, we're like geese. You're programmed to be at a certain spot in a certain time of year. So it was coming up on the Wainwright Pinocchio run all through there, and I'll never forget it. I was out back uh, stacking some bales, doing whatever, and I was kind of kicking stones like, should I have went one more year? Should I have, you know, kept going? And, you know, the money disappears as well. Um, with that, I was fortunate enough to segue into a, um, a Wrangler rep job that uh, you set me up for. And so I had that, but didn't have that addiction, the people, the places, the smells, the sounds of fighting bulls. But I got a call to, to go back to Calgary. Um, due to injury, um, they needed a guy. And I got a call and... It wasn't something I took. Was that the next year? Was that the that following was 16. year? Yep. Yeah. So I went from kicking stones to I'm going to the Calgary Stampede, right? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, like <laughs> son of a gun. Um, 
but it wasn't something I just said yes to. I thought about it because I, I had retired and people had done a lot of nice things and, um, you oh, know, it was a fucking full tour. Full tour. Remember that? The, yeah. cry, the cry tour. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Schiffner said to me, if I got to fucking cry at one more rodeo because of you or watch other people cry, I'm going to start turning well, up. Oh, fuck. He followed your footsteps. He did the same yeah, fucking thing. He he had the and he fight. always said he wouldn't. Yeah, he did. Yep. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, so I got the call to go back, and it's it was such a – it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I went back to the Calgary Stampede 2016. Like I said, I didn't take it lightly. It wasn't something that I just said yes to. Yep. I had to think about it, right? I knew that I could still do the job mentally and physically, but there was maybe younger guys that should have had the shot. Um, the thing with the Calgary Stampede, they were in such a pinch. They didn't want to bring in a rookie that didn't know how to handle the media and yep. everything with the Calgary Stampede. Eighth perf, sixth bull in. I remember walking over getting ready for the next bull and it was just like someone hit me in the back of a head in the back of the head with a bat i was like i said it out loud to myself i'm like i'm done yep it was cold wet that day i just i just didn't want to do it anymore at all and it was the best feeling ever to actually have a chance to go back and officially not want to do it anymore. know that you were you were finished it, yeah. It, yeah it was it was the best thing that ever happened to me was it kind of like how i left aggravation that year after my retirement left my rig and bag right beside your bed and walked yeah. out the door i wasn't quite as drunk though <laughs> as you were when you left actually the best thing that happened out of that whole deal of you when you left aggravation is i went through your bag and took all the good stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> i did that when when luke uh, luke snyder retired he yeah. went over to australia and same thing his fucking gear bag was there and i stole as much clubs and shit like well, i guess awesome he's not gonna yeah. need it anymore so yeah that was a blessing in disguise so it was an awesome way to just finally put it to rest know that you were that you made the yeah. right decision you were finished yeah because yep. uh, somebody comes and fights the calgary stampede for the first time right they're gonna know that uh no not yet we're gonna talk about that one before we're finished. I, you know what the the last check that i got from the calgary stampede yep it actually bought grass seed to seed yeah that's cool so right? it was like yeah it's just full circle yep. of going back and now um, a part of this podcast is the no resume to it, right? So you're you're not uh, working a nine to five job. You're making do with with what you know, uh, what skills you have, as you did for twenty five years as a bullfighter. Obviously, right. a bull rider. We talked about that. Yeah. Bulldogger. Yeah. Bandmate. Bandmate. Drummer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've always you've always been able to to get by with with the skills and and knowledge that you have in yourself. And now, same thing, transitioning into the next part of your life. You, what are you, where are you at now? Well, I was fortunate enough to grow up on the ranch back home, so I learned a lot of skills, whether, you know, f fixing plumbing, whatever. So that, that kind of segues into the boarding facility and the cows we got now. That, that helps all that. I think, you know, like you said, everything happens for a reason, and, and I'm fortunate enough now to do exactly what I want to do and make a living at it. Yep. Um, like I said, I, I segued into a, to a Wrangler rep career. Um, I got a pretty good territory and but going into that I didn't know how to run a computer. Yep. So I think word <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but sometimes you do what you got to do yeah, you learn to to make a living, yep. right? Um but I never yeah, I never I don't think I've ever wrote a resume so to speak in my life. I've always I've always uh strived for something that I kind of know how to do and uh go at it hard. Um yep. And I make a living 
you know, taking care of horses and, and now um, with this, with the PBR and, and a little bit of TV and stuff here and there, which is, which is the way I kind of fill the addiction now. I get to come and see my buddies and, but there's an important job to do. So um, that kind of fills that little bit of that void. I don't ever miss fighting bulls. I don't, not one bit, but I think that resume from my career of, you know, speaking and stuff like that, that kind of helped that to, yep. to land that yeah, kind of your TSN job. But um, I know you do take it serious. I try to fuck with you all the time, and you're always just in the zone, like yeah. fucking thinking about what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Um, there's a lot of, it's just not like you talk. Yeah. Oh there's yeah. The research. There's the cues. There's making sure. The biggest thing for me to learn how to do was having someone, a monitor in your ear, someone telling you what to do while you're talking. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a that's a hard deal right so but no i have been fortunate to stay in the agriculture end of things i've uh still be able to be a part of the pbr um and doing something being involved in something i always loved um you know so it's been good and you know what i attribute life lessons a lot of it whether you know people like it or not to rodeo and bull riding yep you know i've learned so much my kids we'd load up They'd be done school June 21st. We'd get in that fifth wheel. We'd get in that fifth wheel, and we would be gone for three months. Yeah. My kids, at the end of summer, would go back to school, and their buddy would be like, they'd be like, what'd you do this summer? I went to the lake. Yeah. What'd you do? Well, we went here, Traveled here, the here, fucking here, world. Heard stuff I probably shouldn't have <laughs> heard. But my <laughs> kids can talk to an adult just like, you know, yep. so that's just life on life the road. skills yeah. yeah it was it's been it's great same as us i always said that jesse bow myself you know you hit the million mile market fucking seven years old right yeah the trail and and you're put into situations that most adults never right. get themselves into right and just yeah. just being able to handle yourself and and uh deal with life right same as you're talking with your kids just being all across the world uh having to adapt to every situation that they're in it makes them better human beings and i i do uh, a test rodeo and bull riding to that aspect of yep. it because you you do see all um different people of yep. all walks of life and you know just like in any sport and i'm not singling out uh you know rodeo or bull riding or anything you can choose to take the shitty side of it yeah if yeah. you wish yeah it's your side yeah right yeah but if you choose to have some fun and learn and and try and make an honest living at it, it it's there's no better place to be so to raise um <laughs> one story that i, I gotta get to before we're done here um so do you remember um when wade cooper got married yes yes do you remember the the dance i was a little a little boy and jason can attest to this that's i'm sure it's his family now as well um but you may have gotten a tussle Could, what, what, what's the actual story behind that i remember this is what i remember i remember colin Steele coming to me He's like, well, I was gonna punch that guy in the face and fuck I give him a I think he I broke give, a bottle, I give did he a, not? He I was give him a shot and he kicked me right him. in the belly. What happened though? Let's, let's well, get it out. It's <laughs> so Jason's would be brother in law, Dean Phipps. Yep. Um if anybody knows Dean, Dean doesn't hold any <laughs> No holds barred. Yeah, he just yep. lets her rip. And and Dean he liked to have a good time and and Dean was just hammered at the dance. <laughs> and I was sitting down at a table and he and he come by and he said something about my sister. Yep. And uh, and uh, I said, I said, you know, keep your mouth shut or whatever. 
Oh, sticking up. All right. <laughs> Duh. And uh, he leaned over me, over my right shoulder, and he said, you want to go outside? And I knew Dean. I'm like, so I didn't know what else to do, so I grabbed him by the back of the neck and banged his head off the table oh. just over my shoulder. Yep. Well, fucking all hell broke loose. And, of course, it's a wedding dance, <laughs> yes. right? And it's just like barroom brawl and Dean kicked his aunt right in the guts and Colin Steele, if anybody knows punk in there, Colin Steele, he's like, oh my God, I was going to punch him for you, old boy. So he said, he kicked me right in the fucking belly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. And you know, of course. He choked you right, right out, did he not? Or Well, how I, I, no, I, I think he tried to, but I don't think he, t- <laughs> I mean, I didn't go right out. <laughs> did he? <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't no, you weren't we were around in, at that I time. I wasn't engaged or even dating Twyla at the time. So I heard about this story after, and uh, we've had lots of good times with oh. Dean since. Oh my god! <laughs> All I know is it was something that should have probably never happened at a wedding. Let's just go there with that. Um, I know my parents were just disgusted with me because they thought I started it, <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, he kind of did it, banging his head off the well, fucking table." He's talking about my sister. <laughs> Oh, little, no, little do I know. Yeah, no, but that's good. Okay. Anyway. Uh, There's one more you want to touch on. Let's just get it out of the way. It, and these two dinks sitting in the room here. Um, we were fencing one time. I wasn't even going to bring that up, but yeah. Well, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna get it out there. Because <laughs> I just, for the record, want them to know that someday, somewhere, karma will electrocute them in the ass. So uh, all our land at homes along the river, so lots of river flats. So yep. we don't, every spring you got to fence back into the river because the ice wipes the fence out every year. So we were really heavy into this electric fence. It was this tits, right? It takes less time to put up. Okay, whatever. So we're running wire down to the river that spring, and you had a spool of wire um, that you had to run out into the river, but the middle of the spool is, like, steel, right? So... It's like drawing straws. Who's going in the river? Well, well, there wasn't no drawing straws. No, it wasn't my right. fence. Yeah, that's right. So I was out, and you know Uncle Ryan wasn't going. So really. So I was going. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, you guys, is the, fe- is the fucking fence shut off up? The fence are shut off up there? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, you go to pick it up. I'm like, really? Is it? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I think I even said once, I'm like, there's no way your uncle's going to do this to you. Right. And you were, the river was, is that a shallow spot? If I recall, you were out there a good 30 yards, eh? Yeah, it was quite a ways, it w- but it was up to my knees. For like, there was sure no way water. you were dropping anything and jumping out of the water. No. You were in pretty far. No. Well, I got out there, and I those those reels, those spools, they were like a hard cardboard on the side. So I was just holding it by that. I get out there. I run my fingers into the steel part to, to run the spool out. Well, that fucking fencer wasn't off. I'm telling you that right now. I, I was on the ground. I rolled around. Yeah, they were literally on the ground. Li- but how do you get away from an electric fucking fence in the water? You don't. It doesn't matter how much you tippy-toe. Every time your toe hits the water, you're getting her again. <laughs> and they just thought that was so funny. So funny. <laughs> Too bad we weren't on video right now. <laughs> oh, God. So just for the record, uh, <laughs> that will come back to bite you in the ass. Did you feel a little bit? Just, I think I shit myself <laughs> like that. You cannot be more grounded than standing oh, in the water. I hate being electrocuted. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. Good for that. sure. Okay. Uh, as we're wrapping up, Scott, hashtag NFP. 
What does that mean to you? Oh, hashtag NFB. You know, uh, no, you know, I know the term that's used around it, but um, I think it's like no fucking problem. If you if you need to get something done, I have no problem doing it. Always try. Um, sometimes you gotta change stuff up to, but we'll get it done. No problem. Um, I think it has that segues into whether it was fighting bulls. If you had to do something, you did it. Um, right into what we're doing now here with the PBR and and all this TV and the hype around it is if there's a job to do, we'll get it done. I'll get it done. Um, and also just go at everything the best you can. I mean, you can only do what you can do, but always put 110% into it. And if, uh, you know, the chips will fall where they may. Beauty. Yep. No, I love it. Okay. We thank you so much for, for joining us, taking the time out of your day. I know it's a, a busy day with everything that's going on, so we very much so appreciate it. Um, I'm sure this won't be the last time that, that me and you talk and yeah. probably have you back as a guest host here uh, quite a few times. Yes, and yes, uh, enjoy that. No, love it. Appreciate it. Good stories, good reminiscing, and uh, we thank you very much for being on the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment, the one and only Mr. Scott Byrne.